Good morning. Wonderful to see all of you here. Over the last several weeks, I have been referencing the season, this time of year. And well, this morning will be no different. Because as you look around you, you can't help but see that the season is what it is. From the music that's played, the decorations on the home, many of us do not decorate any other time of year. But we go to great lengths to change the look of our houses. Just go by and see Brother Jason Gardner's for one fine example. Don't look at mine, I just got a little bitty tree out front. But A lot of us take a lot of pride in that and, and enjoy the season. Television has changed, I see a lot of red and green out today. Why? Well, I, I even dressed myself today. Not that Melita usually dresses me, but I dressed in accordance with the season to try to be reflective upon it because it is a joyous time. Many cultures all over the world do some type of celebrating during this time of year. Given the season, it is a natural time to do many things. Centuries before the birth of Jesus, early Europeans celebrated light and birth in the darkest day of the year, which is actually just this weekend. Yesterday being the winter solstice. So we can now begin looking forward to longer days and more sunlight from here moving forward. Though small, I can see spring in the future. Look at my garden every morning and think, well, I can't wait. Just can't wait. Also in our world's history at this time of year, most cattle were slaughtered so that they would not have to be fed during the winter. For many, it was the only time of year when they had a fresh supply of meat. In Scandinavia, the Norse celebrated what they call Yule, Y-U-L-E, from December 21st through January, in recognition of the return of the sun. Fathers and sons would bring home large logs, which they would set on fire, where we hear the term Yule log. The people would feast until the log burned out, which could take as many as 12 days. Regarding Christmas, Pope Julius I chose December 25th, a man chose it, chose December 25th as a new holiday for Christians. We know that the Bible does not say when Christ was born. In fact, it was not very likely during this time of year, but rather in the spring when the shepherds were tending their flocks by night, uh, out of the aspect of they, some of them were probably going to be having lambs. But until this happened... Easter was, the, Easter was the main holiday the Christian world celebrated. It is commonly believed that the church chose this date, this time of year, in an effort to adopt and absorb the traditions of other pagan holidays that were going on at the same time. Tonight we will discuss whether or not a Christian should celebrate such Christian holidays. So I hope, though, you'll be here for that. But until then, there's no doubt that the Christmas season is a big deal. Christmas has gone through many forms as far as how it's been celebrated. But our modern-day version of Christmas is due in large part to Charles Dickens' story, A Christmas Carol. He was done with the Industrial Revolution and all of the rich and what they were doing to the poor. And so he wrote... Christmas Carol, and that's partly why we celebrate it today the way that we do. 
But there is also a spiritual component to Christmas, of course. A large portion of the world focuses on the birth of Christ during this time. When they don't, at other times of the year, and while this is, of course, unfortunate that they don't recognize Jesus any other time, it is also a glorious fact. The world invites us to now speak of the birth of Christ. We see images everywhere of Christ, and this should excite us. We complain ten months out of the year that we cannot speak of our Savior, and for the other two months, it seems that many try to prove to the world that he was not born on December 25th, almost acting like we are ashamed to be associated with this time of year. I'm not ashamed of Christ unless you talk about him during Christmas. How ironic. He most likely was not born during this time of year, but the world is giving us a pass, so let's celebrate it. This morning we are going to discuss some significant events and their meanings surrounding the birth of Christ. To put it mildly, his birth was a big deal. Mary was most likely a teenager, and even by today's standards, that's a tad scary, is it not? The pictures of Mary we often see show her as an adult, when in reality she was most likely 13 or 14 years old, which was the common age for young women to be betrothed and married in the Jewish culture. This explains why she was with Joseph, but they were not yet married. They were rather arranged to be married. And as a legally married woman, because legally she was at that time, although they were not fully married, Pregnancy during this time would have been considered a breach of her marriage vow and punishable by execution. But Joseph loved mercy more than justice. It's likely Joseph was a young adult when betrothed to Mary, and our young men aren't often known for their consideration in times like this, but Joseph is an example that we could follow. The Bible calls Joseph a righteous man, meaning he was known for his uncompromising obedience to the law of Moses. When Joseph discovers that Mary is pregnant, he knows that he is not the father. So he has an agonizing decision to make. The law states she must be put to death. Joseph held the key to this, for if he accuses her of adultery, Mary could have been stoned at her father's doorstep. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 21 through 24. Yet when faced with the opportunity for justice, Joseph rather chooses mercy. His plan to privately free Mary from their arranged marriage by divorce reveals his desire to spare her public shame and suffering rather than claim his own rights. Let's look at Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Of course, as in other passages of Scripture, we can learn a great deal by what the characters do when faced with certain decisions. And here, I hope we see, you know, Mary, I'm sure, was scared when she was told that she would have a child. And here, Joseph, finding out that he is not the father. What has this woman done to me? Because that was a huge deal. It still is today. But it was a huge deal in that culture 
to be betrothed because it, it was a, a business transaction in a lot of ways as well, with the exception of a dowry and so forth. Well, let's read Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not <clears throat> be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So Jesus' birth was a big deal to the parents as they are starting this new part of their life. Because a child, of course, will change you like jello in a microwave. And here we have Jesus, the person who would take away the sins of the world, being born to these two young people. What are we going to call him? You know, that's one of the things you start talking about. If it's a boy, well, we'll call him Mason. If it's a girl, we'll call him Cameron. Call her Cameron. Name's very important. The top three girl names for 2019, Sophia, Olivia, and Emma. Top three girl names. Top three boy names for this year, Liam, which is my great nephew, uh, and Jackson, and Noah. Beautiful names. So names are important. I remember, you know, you get the book of names, you look them up on the internet, what's the meaning, you know. You don't want to have the first name rhyme with the last name, you know, because it sounds funny. You don't want people, how they make fun of him on the playground. What are they going to do then? You know? Name's very important. Well, the easy part was done for Joseph and Mary. You're going to call him Jesus. Don't have to think about a name now. But here's the meaning behind it, Joseph. Here's the meaning. And Joseph's thinking, what? Take away the sins of the world. Who is, who is this going to be? What kind of responsibilities do I have? Well, God saw the righteousness in Joseph. God saw the, the beauty, the righteousness in Mary. I think he did a good job, I'm sure, choosing these two young people. 1 John 2, 2 says, He is the atoning sacrifice. Your King James, your new King James, your new American Standard will all use the word propitiation. We don't use that word very often, so this is from the modern English version. He is the atoning sacrifice. He atones for us. He does what we cannot do for ourselves, and not for our sins only. You know, they, this wasn't, wasn't a private thing. This wasn't just limited to the Jews, to the people who had just become Christians, maybe, on the day of Pentecost, and, and since then, when Brother John wrote this. But he is going to atone for the sins of the entire world. His name was a big deal because him being on this earth was a big deal also. So we should talk about the birth of Christ. Because as we consider his life, as we consider his death, his resurrection, that couldn't have happened without his birth. So when the world wants to talk about it, we need to reflect more on why it was such an important event, because it was. And there were some men in the day that saw it for its importance. Let's look at Matthew chapter 2. 
We're going to talk about the wise men. We're going to talk about what we commonly refer to as the Magi. Matthew chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. The Magi mentioned here were astrologers from a priestly class in the land of Persia what we now call Iran. Their purpose was to interpret omens, dreams, and stars. In the Old Testament, Daniel spent 70 years exiled among magi from the east. These wise men may have traveled well over 1,000 miles by camel to see the newborn king of the Jews. So it was a big deal to them as well. We can't get people sometimes... Get out of bed in time to devote time and energy, to devote money, to devote what they have to the cause of Christ. Yet these men who had heard and understood that the, the Son of God, the, the, the Savior of the world, would be born in Bethlehem, traveled thousands of miles. The wise men, the Magi, did not visit baby Jesus, although a beautiful scene, no doubt. But the wise men did not visit him with a baby because it takes a while to travel thousands of miles. By the time the Magi arrived, one or so years had likely passed and Jesus would have been a toddler, most likely. Matthew 2.11 describes Jesus as a child and living in a house when the Magi visit him. Also, as you'll see in a moment, Herod's calculation of the star and his order to kill all boys under age two points to his understanding that the Messiah was already this age. And there were not three wise men either, although it's, it's reasonable to assume there probably was, but the Bible doesn't actually say how many magi visited Jesus. Tradition just assumes this, that there were three men, because there were three types of gifts given. All three gifts were significant and fit for a king. The first one being gold. Gold, because of its scarcity and immense value, gold was particularly associated with royalty and nobility. As seen in 1 Kings 10, the queen of Sheba visits King Solomon, bearing great quantities of gold as a gift. By bringing a gift of gold, the wise men showed that they did indeed consider Jesus a king. Frankincense was the other gift. Frankincense is made by drying sap that is harvested from a tree. When burned, it creates a beautiful smell. It is still widely used in parts of the Middle East and Africa today. Being very expensive, it was not used as a common household air freshener. But rather, burning it was closely associated with ceremonial worship of a deity. 
So by including frankincense as a gift for Jesus, the wise men understood that the prophecy of the newborn king carried with it a claim of deity. Then there is myrrh. Myrrh is also a spice harvested from a tree native to the Middle East. Like frankincense, it can be used as an incense. But in the ancient world, it also had a wider usage as a perfume, anointing oil, as you see in the picture, and it even had medicinal purposes. Regarding Jesus' life, myrrh was a key ingredient in the mixture of spices that were used to prepare bodies for burial, John 19.39. Perhaps the wise men intended this gift as an indication of Jesus' humanity and the manner in which he would save his people, namely that he would die for them, Isaiah 53.5. So these gifts were given, and what did Mary and Joseph do with them? They brought them these gifts, so what did they do? Some believe that they would have sold the items to help them flee to Egypt to escape Herod's slaughter of the boys two years of age and younger. Since they were a new family, since they didn't have very much capital, this seems rather plausible. Next, there were people who feared Jesus. And I'm not talking necessarily at this time about the man Jesus, but rather the child Jesus. For they feared what he would become. They feared what he could potentially do. Well, we've got to then kill all of those boys who are two years old and younger to try to eradicate Jesus. Let's look at Matthew chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. So the, the wise men, they go to Herod to ask him, hey, have you heard about this? If you're trying to find something, trying to find somebody, you go to somebody who may know. Verse 7, then Herod secretly called the Magi, and determined from them the exact time the star would appear. The star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. So you see, Herod, he's, he's trying to act like he wants to come and worship him as well. But let's look at what verse 16 says. Then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi because they told Mary and Joseph to leave, to go to Egypt, he became enraged and sent and slew all the male children who were in the, its vicinity from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the Magi. Most likely, King Herod wanted Jesus killed because he feared that Christ would steal his throne. Herod, as with many earthly kings, did whatever he needed to do to keep his power. And doesn't the world continue to do this? In our own ways, even within this building, if we're honest with ourselves, we try to keep Christ silent too. Now in some aspects, the Christ child is easy to see and to take. What a beautiful sight that is. But then when you consider his future, when you consider his story, it kind of makes people worried. People hear that Jesus is around somehow, and they want to silence him. They want to stop whatever they feel will take away their happiness. Because Jesus calls for self-sacrifice. He calls for humility. And people want earthly power and earthly wealth, and they feel that Jesus is a barrier to this. And he is. He is a barrier to 
all of those earthly things. Because Christ wants the world to see that the only lasting things on this earth come through Him. Peace, comfort, and contentment come through a life well lived for Christ. Living for Christ on this earth then leads to a home in heaven, which should be our goal. This is why Christ was born, why He lived, why He died, to take away our sins. King Herod tried to kill Him. The Pharisees succeeded in a way. He rose again. And now the world continues to try and kill him, to silence him. And you do this every day. When you neglect the Spirit, when you, you neglect that longing to read the, your Bible, when you neglect the spiritual side of things in your life, you put Christ to death once again. You say, I don't need you, Jesus. You try to silence him. His family runs off to Egypt. And he's running away from you because you keep pushing him away. He wants to come back, but you keep pushing. And you keep shoving. Because you say, I don't need Jesus in my life. The establishment of the day did not want him because they feared him. Don't fear letting Jesus into your life anymore. Let's look at John chapter 10. John chapter 10 beginning with verse 7. Christ compels you to follow him. He calls you to change your ways, and this scares a lot of people. So they do what they can to keep him away. John chapter 10 and verse 7, Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, he says. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Christ came so that you might have an abundant life. Christ came so that you might be saved from your sins. But so many people don't want to hear that. They want him out of their life. And so they try to silence him because they're afraid. Don't be afraid of Christ anymore. But come forward this morning and let us baptize you so that you can be added to the church. And so that you can have your sins washed away. Or if you're a Christian in need of our prayers, please come forward now so we can assist you as we stand and sing.